Welcome to Game Opinions episode 47. I'm your host, Kalman, and today we are back again for another episode of Game Opinions. For those of you that don't know, Game Opinions is a podcast where we talk selectively about video games, gaming news, and our gaming experiences, both new and old. Every Thursday, a new podcast episode spawns out of your favorite podcasting portal, YouTube.com, and now the brand new GamePinions.com. This past weekend, we switched over to the .com from our .net, which was um, something that we acquired back in February, and it just recently became accessible to us. Um, really was just trying to pick the right time to transfer, and this past weekend, I was like, hey, it's time to rock and roll and do this. So we've been trying to get the .com for probably about two years now, and after we acquired it, it was really exciting. The price was a little bit high, but we have it under our belts now. And uh, it's ours, so I'm really excited about that. It's a, you know, fairly big accomplishment for us, I guess. And uh, I'm really excited about, um, you know, the future of GamePinions.com. Um, so it'll be the home of our, our podcast. In this episode today, we're going to be talking about the PlayStation 5 event, which was rescheduled um, to today as this podcast uploads on Thursday. Um, and it's going to, um, you know, be today, June 11th. Really excited about that, and we're also going to talk about a rumor surrounding Atlas at the PC Gaming Show 2020. Exciting stuff. We're talking about some not-so-great stuff in terms of Nintendo. They had a little bit of an issue that resurfaced this past week, just kind of giving them some issues. Then we're going to cover the Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. Just want to give you guys my opinion of the game. And uh, it's not going to be like an in-depth review. It's just going to be me talking about the game, really, similar to what I used to do with Death Stranding. Um, so really excited about that. So let's get into the PlayStation 5 event. It was rescheduled, obviously, due to, um, you know, not so great circumstances. Um, obviously, the United States currently is undergoing, um, you know, a lot of hurt, um, the black community especially. So I think that it's it's very good that PlayStation did delay this event. I'm not sure if they had much of a choice, but at the end of the day, um, I think that these companies doing this did a good job at kind of taking a step back and kind of, you know, telling us like, hey, there's a lot more important things going on right now. Let's just, you know, let's hold this off for a little while. And it was just a week, but I still think it was a really good gesture. Um, outside of that, I'm really excited about this event, you know, I said that the way PlayStation and Microsoft have been, you know, Sony and Microsoft have been um, revealing these next-gen consoles, I thought it was really boring up to this point. That being said, I'm still really hyped about seeing the PlayStation 5 in the, the flesh and, you know, seeing the different features, the price point, a lot of different things we're going to get to talk about. And we're going to have an, an extra episode of Game Opinions this week. It's going to go up on Friday morning, fingers crossed. And we're going to be talking about our takeaways and, and all that. So now this next piece of news is going to be Atlas at the PC Gaming Show 2020. It is apparently a rumor, and this was kind of going around on Twitter yesterday, and Gimetsu.com uh, is actually reporting that Persona 4 Golden is basically all but confirmed for the PC. It's going to be heading to Steam. So the PlayStation Vita, I guess, port or remaster of uh, Persona 4, which is Persona 4 Golden, um, is looking like it's going to be going on PC. So pretty cool. Uh, apparently there's a rumor that Persona th uh, Persona 3 is also going to be heading there. So we'll, I guess we'll see what happens with that. 
But apparently, like, they were able to find, like, inside of, like, I think Steam files or something like that, a Persona 4 banner and a Persona 4, like, profile type picture, you know, like the box art or whatever. So it seems like it's indicating they said they had multiple sources. Um, so it seems like that is probably going to be a thing. So now we have Nintendo's little issue that popped up. Back in April, Nintendo reported that 160,000 Nintendo accounts were accessed illegally. And yesterday, which was Tuesday, so we'll just say this week, uh, it came out that Nintendo actually has an additional 140,000 Nintendo accounts that were accessed illegally. This is the statement that Nintendo put out. Pull it up right here. Less than 1% of Nintendo network IDs around the world that may have been illegally logged in may have actually been fraudulently traded through their Nintendo account. We are still in the process of refunding in each country, but we have already finished refunding most customers. We apologize for any inconvenience caused and concern to our customers and related parties. In the future, we will strive for further to further strengthen security and ensure safety so that similar events do not occur. And this is really sad. You know, it's really sad to see Nintendo's, um, you know, network kind of get breached. We've seen pretty much every other console manufacturers kind of go through this issue. This is probably the most connected that Nintendo has had on their network, considering that the uh, Wii U really wasn't that big. I read that it's possible that it looks like the only issues that were being accessed were from people that transferred their accounts over from their Wii U or used the same sign-in from their Wii U or the 3DS. And I heard that you actually can't do that anymore. So it's a little bit, it's a little bit bad, but it's like 300, over 300,000 um, accounts now that have been compromised. And I believe that, um, you know, debit cards and PayPal accounts were, um, you know, able to be accessed. So a little bit scary. Um, obviously, I don't think I've had that issue. Um, I buy so many things anyway, though. So I just, you know, I, I, I buy things that I shouldn't buy. So chances are it's showing up in my bank account and I just don't know. But uh, yeah, it's not not the best news. So hopefully Nintendo gets that under control. This unfortunately is just part of, you know, having having your stuff online. You know, it's, it's a risk that, you know, is always going to be prevalent. And hopefully Nintendo uh, steps up their security and gets this thing fixed and doesn't have this issue anymore. So now we're going to talk about the Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. Uh, I got that game, I believe, on launch, actually. Um, and I originally bought this game on the 3DS, the new 3DS XL, actually, um, which was an exclusive to that platform. Um, it was a port of the Wii version, obviously. Uh, I never played the Wii version when it came out. It was one of those games that was finally localized after, you know, some petitions and all kinds of stuff were... Uh, were put through social media, which eventually led to uh, the game's release, along with, you know, Pandora's Tower and the last story. So Xenoblade, though, is really uh, an awesome uh, an awesome RPG. It's a JRPG. Uh, the same combat is like an MMO, or I, I say KOTOR. It's kind of, you know, a similar combat style to that. Um, the story is really good. You know, Shulk looks awesome in the game with the updated visuals. It looks very similar to his uh, Smash Brothers counterpart. In the first game, they kind of, I don't know, they were kind of designed a little weird. There was something I kind of liked about it, though. But they obviously look a lot more cleaner now in the remastered edition. 
Um, for those of you that are worried about like the game resolution, um, in handheld mode, it looks very similar to how it did like in Xenoblade Chronicles 2, if you guys played that. It kind of has that adaptive resolution that looks okay in some areas, and then other areas doesn't look great. A little bit blurry. But I will say, side by side, compared to the 3DS version, it looks really amazing. So, <laughs> at least you have that. Um, in docked mode, it looks really good. You know, definitely takes on a much more clearer and more high res look to it, which is really nice. So I really, I really did like that quite a bit, playing it in the docked mode. But um, I never finished the one on the 3DS. I got sidetracked with other things. So when I saw that this game was releasing on the Switch, I was really excited about it because this is a really good game. The story actually is really good. And uh, I'm going to play it all the way through this time. And I'm, I'm really excited to play it. Um, you know, the story grips you. The gameplay is a little bit repetitive, but I mean, it has really nice like twist to it. You know, for those of you that don't know, the, uh, the Monado has a lot of really good, um, gameplay mechanics and this might be kind of a spoiler. So if you guys haven't played, um, you know, Xenoblade or whatever, don't, don't listen to this portion, I guess. Um, so it's going to start now. Um, you know, the Xeno, the, you know, the actual, um, you know, the Monado in the game, the sword, Shulk's red sword, um, has the ability to predict the future. And it basically makes like the, the combat, you know, very like adaptive in terms of, you know, you have to adapt to the situations, but you're also able to predict what will happen, happen in the future, which kind of impacts what you do. You know, say, you know, your, your partner, uh, Ryan is about to die. You can either defend him, but if you think you can destroy the enemy, you can do like an attack. So you can either put him in a shield or you can do a strong attack and then wipe the enemy out. That future never comes to fruition. It's really cool. Like it's actually a really cool gameplay mechanic. And as you kind of get further, it becomes more intricate and a little bit more difficult. Um, and it's, uh, you know, kind of turns into like a, a real time strategy in that sense. You know, obviously not like RTS, but it, it's like kind of, you know, you have to kind of uh, strategize on the fly based on the information that you're fed. So it's, it's really neat. You know, it's a really neat game. You know, I think the characters are really good. You know, I think Shulk is a really good main character. The voice acting is pretty good. I think I probably would prefer Japanese voice acting. But the voice acting is really good. And, uh, you know, the enemies are interesting. They're, the game itself is very pretty. Like, I would have preferred a complete remaster of the game where this is kind of like more or less a touch-up, or even just like a complete like remake of the game, I think probably would have done it a lot more justice. But you kind of get to the point where it's like with Nintendo, you kind of just have to accept that the resolution and stuff is going to be wonky, and that it's not going to remotely look like, you know, these other platforms in terms of like its resolution and all that. The game doesn't feel like you're going back in time, really. It still kind of feels like it's a little bit dated in its looks, but it's still a really pretty game. Like Xenoblade, even on the Wii during that time, was still a really pretty game. Like you have some really awesome, like, you know, landscapes and different parts of the game where it's like it feels like, you know, you can really feel the scale, I guess, of the world. And it's a massive world. Um, and they made some gameplay improvements too. One of my problems with the, uh, the 3DS version was that you'd get like side missions and stuff and you'd go to select the side mission, but it wouldn't really tell you where you needed to go, which 
was kind of difficult for a lot of the side missions because it's like, all right, well, I guess I'm just going to guess. Where in this one, it actually gives you like a path where you need to follow. And it's more traditional to like, you know, the modern RPGs that we know, like Skyrim, where it kind of gives you a waypoint almost. So that's actually been really helpful. And I've really liked that quite a bit. A really welcome change for those side missions. And, you know, I just, I feel like everything's a lot more clear as to what things do. And maybe that's just because of like the bigger screen. I don't really remember messing around too much in the menu system on the 3DS, but it's uh, definitely a big improvement, I think, on the Switch. Um, so I'm going to be, I'll probably update, you know, here and there what I'm playing, and I'll probably talk about Xenoblade a little bit more. But um, I just wanted to basically say that if you're on the fence about Xenoblade and you're not really sure if you're going to like it or not, I definitely think it's worth the purchase um, especially if you like Shulk and like Smash Bros and you've never played the Xenoblade games, I definitely recommend it. And if you didn't like Xenoblade 2, I think Xenoblade, the original, is a lot better. Like, this is a lot better game than Xenoblade 2. I think the story's a lot better. It doesn't use, you know, these typical anime tropes where, you know, you have a really um, disproportionate female as uh, as like your, your sword or your weapon, um, which some people like that, and that's perfectly fine. Uh, I'm not really a huge, super huge fan of that. Um, this one just feels like the characters are a lot more unique and they have a lot more personality and you can kind of connect with these characters a little bit more and what they're going through a little bit more. Um, so definitely try this game out and don't base Xenoblade off of Xenoblade 2 because it's just it's not really an accurate an accurate representation of what to expect from the original Xenoblade. Um, but I think in terms of it being like a, a remaster or definitive edition, I would have liked to have seen it become a little bit more touched up, but I still find it as like a really good looking game and really fun and definitely worth the amount of hours, especially there's bonus content, which can add up to like 10 to 15 hours, which apparently takes place after the game, um, which is really, really exciting. So I'm really excited to get to that part too. And uh, yeah, so Definitely recommend Xenoblade Chronicles if you've never played it. And even if you have, I mean, it might be worth revisiting and just seeing the updated visuals for yourself. Because if you compare this to the 3DS or Wii version, it does look considerably better. So, uh, you know, I definitely don't want to come out and, you know, complain about the visuals too much. Because it does actually look really good. And it's a really pretty game. Very stylistic. You know, the art style looks really nice. And uh, the combat's fun. I like the combat. So... Until later today, or I guess uh, tomorrow morning, I hope you guys enjoyed our uh, our podcast episode today. Very short. Um, you know, we're we're gonna be starting to get back into um, reading some tweets and doing all that other fun stuff that we used to do in our older episodes. We're gonna get closer to that. Um, so you know, definitely expect that. And we have some other cool topics similar to our Justin TV topic that we talked about last week, which I think are going to be a lot of fun. So I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day. Hope you guys enjoy that PlayStation 5 event and hope you guys are pumped up about it because I, I definitely am. And uh, yeah, be nice to each other. Keep on keeping on. And we will catch you in our PlayStation 5 uh, takeaway video and podcast. So see you guys later.